Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. This episode of the Elevate Your Leadership podcast is brought to you in part by iFly Virginia Beach Indoor Skydiving. At iFly Virginia Beach, we bring people together through the dream of flight. Visit our website at iFlyVABeach.com to learn more about our group events to include leadership development, team building, and family fun. Welcome to the Elevate Your Leadership podcast series with U.S. Navy Special Operations veteran, CEO, and hockey fanatic, Bob Pizzini. Bob discusses leadership, success, failure, defining moments, and hard lessons learned with guests who are intentional in their approach to leadership. Leadership is a perishable skill. Use it or lose it. In this series, entrepreneurs, industry executives, academics, public figures, and other highly effective professionals share their formulas for success with you. Welcome, everybody, to this episode of the Elevate Your Leadership podcast with me, your host, Bob Pizzini. Folks, if you've listened to my podcast or if you've read my blog or if you've perhaps ordered a copy of my book, which is available on Amazon now, Elevate Your Leadership, you know that health and wellness is critical to leadership. That's my view. That's my lifelong experience. 26 years in U.S. Navy Special Operations and now 12 years in the private sector where I own my own multi-million dollar business with 40 employees. Health and wellness is what I have to focus on first for myself and immediately after that for my team, for my teammates. It's something I've experienced and lived my whole entire life. I'm opening with that because today's guest, Coach David Greenwald, is a exercise coach, a health and wellness expert, and it is so awesome to have him on the show to discuss something that I believe in with all of my being. And in the uh, screening for the show, it didn't take long at all for David to demonstrate to me how dedicated he is and how proficient he is and how experienced he is and helping leaders be the best they can be by applying principles, basic principles, but David can really get advanced, but basic principles of health, health and wellness. David Greenwald is a certified health coach, fitness expert, and author. He's a husband, a father, a former police officer, a gym owner, competitive state-level bodybuilder, and powerlifter. In, in 1997, at the age of 32, with a body weight of 235 pounds, David discovered an evidence-based approach for getting off his own 50 excess, excess pounds, for shedding 50 excess pounds and keeping it off for 25 years and counting. Since 1999, through his company, Leanness Lifestyle University, <laughs> David has been helping students, student members from every walk of life lose excess fat, keep the muscle, and manage this crazy life. David, welcome to the Elevate Your Leadership podcast. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. All right. So folks, I'm really excited about the discussion we're about to have. As I mentioned, health and wellness is key to leadership as far as I'm concerned. 
But like I do with most of my guests, I want to take a, a moment to get to know Dave, David Greenwald. Dave, where are you from? Where did you grow up? And how did health and wellness become your life's pursuit? Thank you so much. I, I grew up in a small town, Northwest Illinois, hometown of uh, former President Ronald Reagan. Dixon, Illinois is what it is. Just a town of about 15,000 people. Um, pretty much stayed there uh, the first 47 years of my life. I'm in my uh, late 50s now. But um, I, for some reason, it's been in my DNA since I was a kid. For some reason, I've been interested in fitness. When in grade school, they had the President's Physical Fitness Award the council on that. you know physical fitness i wanted that so bad and i got it and i was like i am getting this thing you know anybody else would say why do you want that i don't know but i want it and and i just it was that demonstration of the ability to do these things and to have this level of measured fitness at the time you know i was in i was you know i was 10 years old 11 years old you know and i wanted and i got it like 2 years i was so happy and proud i still got the the, the uh, patch and the sticker and yeah. even the uh, certificate in a box somewhere from, from I, way back then. I remember those, all three yeah. of them. I remember all three of them. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, and so I, for whatever reason, it's, it's been in me. Now, without making it, you know, too ridiculous, I was a police officer and, uh, but before that, town? I would, uh, yeah, I was a police officer in the city of Dixon. Yep. I started off uh -huh. as a city police officer and then I went and became an Illinois state trooper. Okay. Um, so did that, but prior to that, I had been, you know, bodybuilding and powerlifting and again, doing those activities at a competitive level, I got on the police departments had to pass their physical fitness requirements. And then I went on, I uh, went to Northwestern university and became a, a police physical fitness instructor for, you know, when I was on uh, the Dixon police department. Um, anyway, it's just been in me. It's just been something I've been interested in. What happened is after I got on the state police and I got back from the academy and I got back home, I started a supplement company. I don't sell any supplements now, but I started a supplement company then, and that was 1992. Okay. And I wanted to sell enough supplements to pay for my own protein powder. That's all I wanted to do. That was my goal. I already had a job. I was a state trooper. I just wanted uh -huh. something on the side. There was no internet. It was just, you know, whatever. And what I did is um, I started in this teeny tiny little room in, my, in our small home that we, wife and I owned at the time. And I... Um, I grew that company into 45 employees and about 7 million a year in revenue. Wow. And so, yeah. Seven over, zero or seven? Seven million. No, not seven. Wow. Seven zero. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Not seven, not seven zero. Seven okay. million. <laughs> and, it, and that was over the course of about uh, six years uh, that starting from that one little room, putting yeah. ads in the back of magazines. You know, I was probably it, one of your customers. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Maybe a toll-free number. You know, that was it. And then the internet came. And the reason I'm mentioning this is because the internet came and we had, you know, I had over a hundred thousand customers, customers, you know, uh, who had bought from us over the years. And they, they, you know, started emailing me, Hey, Dave, you know, real quick, you know, can you tell me what I got to do to lose 30, 50 pounds and keep it off for life in an email real quick. And, you know, I did, did the best I could in the short time you have in an email. And I call it, you know, bumper sticker, you know, back of the right. napkin, fortune cookie answers. Right. And I realized very shortly that I was really doing them a disservice, but I also realized that I had a tremendous passion for wanting to help people get to whatever better place they want to be. It's not about getting everybody to get a six pack. It's not everybody to get, you know, getting everybody to do whatever, but from where you are, some unhealthy place, a uh, heavier place, usually to someplace healthier and usually at a, at a, uh, a healthier weight. And what happened was, so I'm running this company it's at its peak. It's doing very well. I went to 
I had an appointment with a marketing, I'll say guru at the time. He was a consultant. I flew from Illinois down to Arizona to meet him. He was very established, well-respected. And we were going to talk about my supplement company. The night before our, our full day meeting, which was like a $4,000 a day meeting to meet with this guy. Wow. Back, at, back in 1998. Who was it? Joe Weider? Arnold Schwarzenegger? Who was it? <laughs> yeah, no, no, it wasn't. But it was somebody that he's, he, at that time, he was working heavily in uh, the sports supplement industry and, uh -huh. and fitness and all that stuff. But anyway, so we, he said, hey, you want to go to dinner? So we went to dinner. And he was asking me, I bet you've got a lot of testimonials for your supplement company. And I said, yeah, I've got lots of testimonials. And I, and I really thought about what those were. And remember, I'd been doing the emails and, and I, I had this in me to like, gosh, I want to help people. I want to, and I know I'm not doing them, you know, the justice. And by the next morning, I went and he goes, all right, let's talk about supplement company. We're going to get it going even more marketing for the, and I said, we're not doing that. He goes, what, what do you mean? And I said, we're not going to talk about the supplement company. I said, we're going to talk about we're going to talk about what I need to do to get a lifestyle coaching company going because that's where I'm going. And so we talked about that for, you know, eight hours, nine hours that day. I came home, started writing my book. A year later, the book was finished. The internet was in, you know, I, I, I with dial up, no fad, there's no fast internet, you know, 98, 99, yeah, right. not really. Right. I, with dial up, built the initial coaching program online, wrote the book. You could tie it all together. It was, a, I'm going to say it this way, because I was there at the very start, of when the internet was really usable for us, it was amazing. It's still amazing that there was this two-way communication you could actually have finally. So, you know, as an author of the book, and you're an author, back, way back, if you wrote a book, how would you have two-way communication? You know, somebody right. might send you a snail mail, you sure. know, ask a question, you may answer, you may, I mean, who knows, but it was not this back and forth. Well, the internet made all that possible. And what it also did is it gave me the platform to now really be able to dig in. I, you know, the book is, my book was almost 500 pages and I really wow. wanted to be comprehensive on nutrition, exercise, and emotional fitness, that third leg that a lot of, a, a lot of uh, people will miss that uh -huh. emotional fitness leg. Anyway, brought all that in, was able to start coaching. And again, that was at the peak of the supplement company. I ended up selling the supplement company and I was like, I'm going, I'm going all in on leanest lifestyle university because that's where my heart is. That's my passion. That's the legacy I want to, leave, I want to, as the, as the marketing uh, guru was asking me, I bet you've got testimonials. I didn't want my testimonials on the back of my headstone to be as protein prices are really great. <laughs> yeah. 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 I wanted, yeah. I wanted to be, you know, this, this, this guy changed my, helped change my life. For sure. He, For he sure. helped get my life back. He helped da, 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 da. And I For like, sure. that's, that's what was in me. Um, what year so was I like the to book published? Uh, it, it was published in 2002. So it's been out for about 20 years. Yeah, no, that's awesome. But I mean, that, you know, the fact that you addressed uh, mental and emotional wellness back then, no, but I mean, it only became really mainstream, I'd say just in the last few years, maybe in the yes. last three or four years, yes. um, you know, and, and myself included, my awareness of it is fairly recent, but I believe in it so much. It's a, it's, uh, it's half of my book. You know, yeah. I, I, I talk about uh, components of health and wellness, as it relates to leadership. So that, that's incredible. So you wanted to dedicate to, to get away from supplements. You sold the company. I hope you yep. made a lot of money. We're all good capitalists. Yes, and, uh, <laughs> that's right. So then you transitioned to just working with clients one-on-one -on -one, or what was the next step? It's been a combination over the years and it's evolved over the years. So there's been times and there still are times where it'll be one-on-one -on -one, kind of C-suite, you know, um, executives and so forth one-on-one. -on -one. But uh -huh. most of it is uh, group Okay. And uh, that's, that's kind of how, 
And, and what the internet allowed me to do was by being organized and being a systems type person, I've been able to organize and systemize the processes that through evidence, I'm a very evidence-based person through evidence-based sure. and experiential-based, I've yep. been able to systemize the processes so that they are step-by-step. -step, so they're not overwhelming and, uh, and, and deliver that so that groups of people, because there's only one of me. Right, you know? exactly. And unfortunately, because of things like this and video and stuff, you could have a hundred people on or a thousand people on and you yeah. can coach in that way. But as far as getting people what they need each day and, and all that, anyway, the internet's made all that possible. So it's, uh, it's still sure. an amazing well, thing to me. Well, this episode will be watched by millions and millions across the globe. So <laughs> that's right. Good, good, good. <laughs> so we definitely love the internet. No, I get what you're saying though, because I'm in the leadership space, but it's the same thing. I like, I love my in-person events and my whole leadership offering was, you know, the genesis of it was. We do an in-person event here at iFly Virginia Beach. We have the flight experience, which is uh, part of the, uh, you know, face your anxiety, face your fear, fa tackle the unknown, get outside of your comfort zone and your comfort zone expands. So I, I just, we'll, we'll go all over the place because health and sure. wellness, like I said, it's so, it, it's so relevant to me as a leader, to me as somebody who wants to be energetic and alert and aware and go snowboarding for the rest of my life. Yes, right. And, and right. me as somebody who wants to make sure that my team is highly energized and highly alert and highly aware through health and wellness. Um, but you said that a lot of people's health concerns or their goals, I, you, you referenced something about mainly usually through weight loss or something like that. Yeah. Briefly for me, you know, Navy special operations background in my twenties, it was run as fast as we can, lift as much as I can, Navy diver, dive as deep as we can, you know, jump out of airplanes from the highest altitude, make the biggest explosion possible. Yeah. And in my 30s, it was pretty much the same. In my 40s, it was healing from all the yeah. damage I did in my 20s and 30s. Yeah, yeah. But in my 50s, my main measure of health really is my labs. And uh, as somebody with cholesterol, that's just ticking up a little bit and something I have to pay attention to. But there's no doubt that my lab work correlates to my level of energy and my level of awareness. So in your consulting and in, in your work with clients, uh, you know, how, how do you approach that? If somebody comes to you and says, I'm tired, I can't focus, I can't concentrate, I'm carrying more weight than I want to, you know, what's your approach there? So we, first of all, we want, to, we want to meet the person where they are. That person could be, and I, everything isn't about weight, but let me just put it out there this right. way so that you know, some people can at least understand the kind of the maybe way opposite ends of the extreme here. Someone could come to me dissatisfied, not feeling that good, maybe a mentally foggy, ache, joints ache, fairly low energy, and they're only 15 pounds above where they want to be. So it's mm -hmm. not a big deal as far as the weight goes, but it is a big deal to them because they've struggled for a year, two years, five years to lose those 15 pounds and feel better. All right. Then there's a person who's 300 pounds overweight. They, they come to me as well. Again, mentally foggy, not moving well, everything hurts. Uh, low energy, so on and so on. And they've got a tremendous amount of weight to lose to, to actually feel, you know, really good and feel their best. Opposite ends of the extreme here, maybe the one person's 80, 85% there, maybe, maybe not, but maybe they are. And the other person, let's just say they haven't walked more than 10 steps without needing to sit down and catch their breath. Okay. The person's wow. really just deconditioned and they're yeah. just, okay. So opposite end. So give talking to them and giving them the exact same thing is not going to make any sense. So we have to meet each person where they are. So, and then okay. there's this everything in between, right? So we do look at that. We, we're, we want to meet you where you are, but all throughout, if you're like in your case, you're looking at biomarkers, you know? And so what we're going to do 
is we're going to not prescribe, but there is a framework. There's a nutritional framework that we're mm -hmm. going to start with. Mm -hmm. And there are, you know, 15 nutrition fundamentals that we're going to just make sure evaluate. Yeah. Evaluate. And we're going to make sure that you know what they are. You're going to get to the point where you're like, I know them, I got them, you know, and, um, just got to do them. So, just got to be disciplined and stick to it. Yeah. It's like, it's, and there's almost, you know, there's somewhat of a hierarchy to it, but anyway, we don't overwhelm it and you never have to be perfect, but we've got a nutritional framework that if you're 15 pounds, you're going to follow that nutritional framework. The guy that's got 300 pounds to lose, he's going to follow that nutritional framework. It's yeah. going to look a little different for him, They're but different. Yeah. framework's yeah. going to be the same, right? Um, we don't need a completely different, it's kind of like medicine. We go into a doctor and fortunately, we're all different, but fortunately, we're similar enough where physicians can go, okay, you're still a human being, okay? You still have a heart here. You still have lungs here. You still have kidneys here. You know, right. you, you still have enough things similar where we can at least start with a, uh, a framework, and then we might have to adjust it depending on the individual. It's the same thing with us in this. We're similar enough where the outcome that you're looking for, in your case, let's say I want to improve my biomarkers, want to reduce my, my cholesterol. We're not going to try to Testosterone be being one of those biomarkers. Yes, yeah, testosterone. It, it, right. Yeah. And I don't mean that jokingly. I mean that that's something that somebody my age keeps an eye on. Yes, absolutely. Right there with you. Absolutely. The prescription, so to speak, is going to be similar on the framework there nutritionally. Exercise wise, we really got to see what's going on there. My thought that went through my head, Bob, when when you were, you know, you've talked about your history is you're just built different. You're just built different up here. And I don't mean like, yeah. you know, I mean, that's a just, military you, mindset. Yeah, you've got a special, you know, I mean, and I, don't, I mean, in an all positive, respectful, you know, uh, awestruck way, it, what it takes for you to do what you've done, you're, you're just built different there. So when I deal with, I may deal with that person, but I may deal with somebody who's just more every day. Gotcha. And, gotcha. And so when it comes to exercise, typically, no, we're not going to say as fast as you can, as heavy as you can, yeah. as hard as you can, you know, yeah. we're going to be like, where are you at? What have you done? Okay. Again, meeting where they are. And we're going to start getting the cardiovascular and strength training aspects in place. We're all, yeah. we are from the get-go going to focus on strength training. In addition to the cardio, we're not just a cardio only type of, uh, of company yeah. because strength training from the get-go, no matter what the goal is, is something that we want to be involved in. You know, and, and again, for me, I mean, I, I've totally, I used to, you know, I read the Schwarzenegger books when I was a kid and that's how I lifted back then, but that's all anybody knew, right? That was yes. the leading right. science, if you will. And right. working out today is totally different. It's so completely different, low weight, high rep, just to, to briefly, you know, hit the surface on something. So I've completely changed it, but I'm also 57 years old and things start to hurt a little bit more. And, and, and uh, my goal is longevity, you know, it's energy and clarity and longevity. By the way, you've got an excellent TikTok site. Can you tell the folks real quick how to find you on TikTok? The easiest thing to do, and I don't want, I'll just say this because the TikTok, the URL, I don't even know what it is, but if, if somebody goes to lluniversity.com, all our social links are there. Okay. Okay. That's the, the easiest only reason, way to find us. Okay, good. And lluniversity.com, limalimauniversity.com. And the reason I bring that up is um, I was looking at Dave's TikTok postings and they're very concise and they're very direct. They talk about very specific topics. And if you want to know about, should I do cardio or should I do weights? Um, he'll address that. Or what should my heart rate be in a workout? He addresses that very concise. And I, I just, as somebody who is educated uh, regarding physical wellness, physical health, exercise, et cetera, I just, I found um, every one of your videos enlightening. Some of it is reinforcing what I already know, 
Some of it is reminding me of stuff that I knew that I haven't been practicing or exercising lately. And then a lot of it is new information. And a lot of this information is so new, just like when we talk about brain and heart health, a lot of uh, uh, neuroplasticity, for example, and I have to be careful about rabbit holes with listeners, but neuroplasticity, in my words, is the brain's ability to grow, change, adapt, and heal. And when you elevate your heart rate to what what my doctors told me, when you elevate your heart rate to between 60 and 85% of your age recommended maximum, your your brain triggers neuroplast- neuroplasticity like a light switch. And yeah. so my my entire adult life, you know, during my my PT sessions, my physical training, uh, strong body, strong mind, we hear that all the time. The good idea happens either during a run or after a, a training session shortly thereafter. Well, that's because neuroplasticity was triggered by simply by elevating my heart rate. And, and so that's my kind of real brief discussion along those lines. Do you want to add anything to, to that component? You know, your, I love your concise definition of neuroplasticity. It's better than I would have said it. You know, it's a, it's a future, it's a future TikTok one minute or, you know, for sure. Yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah, and, uh, yeah, but, yeah. You know, but I love it. And I, and, and I totally agree. Yeah, there's gonna, as a, as a friend of mine who, who we briefly talked about before uh, the podcast, as a friend of mine who was in, you know, the Navy as a Navy diver says, if you're looking for an argument, we're going to have to change subjects. You know, so <laughs> we're, we're in total alignment there. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And I, and, no, that's, and I, that's, and I'm totally with you. Yeah, that's cool. And again, these are things I learned um, about three years ago, and and it it was life changing for me. And and so for me, the science of leadership. And we're going to transition to our leadership discussion um, because I know you've worked with leaders, and I love the way you have observed leaders and how they prioritize their health and wellness. But for me, the science of leadership has six components: rest, hydration, nutrition exercise, brain and heart health, or you could say brain and heart link, because they're communicating with each other billions of times a day. Um, And lifelong learning is the last one. And lifelong, you know, the first five sound very physiological and lifelong learning doesn't sound physiological, but it is because when you learn new things, you trigger the N word neuroplasticity. And it's very important. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so David, uh, health and wellness for me as a leader, he, I've got to be on top of my game. Um, how do you work with leaders to make sure they're on top of their game? And, and what have you observed? How does our discussion apply to leadership? Absolutely. So if I can take 10 seconds to just piggyback on exactly what you said, your definition you know, of leadership or the qualities that, that make a good leader or that help uh, facilitate good leadership. It's so, see if, see if what I'm about to say aligns similarly, but my category is strengthening personal growth and emotional fitness. And here's, here's what I have there, just kind of the, uh, the nuts and bolts, focus, gratitude, worry, control, connection, compassion, um, uh, the right food, the right exercise, sleep, mindfulness, uh, faith, not necessarily religious, just are you in sync with your core spiritual values, wherever they are fun, relaxation, and personal growth. All those fall under the umbrella of, in my world of emotional fitness. And uh-huh. I just, as you, as you were saying, you know, um, yours, I was like, there's so much synergy there For between sure. what you're saying, you know, um, and how they impact being a good leader, having good, strong emotional fitness. Cause let's face it without good, strong, emotional intelligence, good, strong, emotional fitness, the leadership qualities are going to suffer. For sure. They suffer and everybody sees it. And, um, you know, it's, it's observable. Uh, And, and, you know, I've been guilty uh, in the past of 
not being stable. I think a lot of the things you just mentioned, and I don't want to make this a science class, sure. but a lot of the things you just mentioned, those ultimately fall uh, under the autonomic, autonomic nervous system, right? We're either, it's either our sympathetic uh, nervous system or, or a parasympathetic, you know, when you lose control, fly off the handle, your sympathetic nervous system is taking you out of the driver's seat. And so, you know, your emotions are high, your, your blink rate goes up, your heart rate goes up, your blood pressure goes up, your, your peripheral vision literally narrows. Yes. And when you don't have control of, of that, you are taken out of the driver's seat and as leaders, that's a problem. Yes. And just, again, just to piggyback on that again, and under that emotional fitness umbrella, because in my world, I've got two different kind of areas of, of three legs of a stool, nutrition, activity, and emotional fitness support, the, the permanent weight management, uh, overall success. You've got to have all three because I can teach you nutrition in about an hour. It's not right true, but I mean, just for, just for the sake of this discussion, I can teach you what you need to know about nutrition in about an hour. I can teach you what you need to know about exercise in about an hour. But that emotional fitness leg, or in your case, the leadership qualities, are what's going to keep those other two things on point so that in the stressful time, in the busy day, in the craziness that is the day, when you're stressed, when you are feeling like you're overwhelmed, when you're emotionally fit and there's a strength there in those areas that we're talking about, whether it's leadership or emotional fitness, whichever uh, language we're using, you're going to make the better decision more often. Like you said, in your taste, you're talking about flying off the handle, not making a good decision. If you're emotionally fit, just from my chair, from my perspective, I deal a lot more with people making decisions on their food, people making decisions on whether they're going to exercise or not. They made a promise to themselves, they break the promise because they're stressed. They made a promise to themselves they were going to do X, Y, Z, and instead it was you know, an entire pizza or whatever the case was because they felt overwhelmed. They felt whatever. In your case, is you know flying off the handle, but it all transfers so seamlessly to the everyday qualities that good leaders need. We need to be able to think clearly. We need to be able to not fly off the handle. We need to be able to have a confident, measured response. You know, and if exactly. we're more, you know, right. And yeah. so, um, just a anyway, just a note I'll, on measured, um, the measured response. It it, ha it has to be measured in all scenarios, right? Somebody could somebody could come through the door and say, "Bob, you're not going to believe this. I've got some terrible news," and my response should be, uh, "Tell me, tell me what happened." In that tone, somebody could come through the door and say, "Bob, you're not going to believe this. I have some incredible news," and my response should be, "Oh, that's great. Tell me what happened." You know, yeah. you want to be the same person as a leader. To, to those you lead and, and being, uh, uh, and, and that's enabled by managing your health, your wellness, your emotional, uh, et cetera. So, yeah. Um, so so David, tell, tell us a little bit about some of the leaders that you've worked with and, and, and how, you know, what you've seen and how you help leaders in this capacity. Yeah. So, you know, over the years, I've had the, you know, the fortunate opportunity to work with fortune 500 individuals I've worked with um, Academy Award winners. I've worked with people that have in all, in a variety of sectors, lead people from anywhere from, you know, 10 to thousands. And what I have found is it's not leadership is leadership is leadership, but to a, to a certain extent, it is. It, there's obviously huge variance on, on what the roles be. But if I, from my view, which is not your expert view of leadership for sure, but from my view of, of leadership, 
being the ability to influence or guide individuals and or groups toward the accomplishment of a, a common task. That's sure. just, that's just me. You know, I'm a, I'm a health coach and I I'm, I'm 24 seven health coach, but when I think of leadership, that's what it is for me. And of course, when I had the supplement company, I had 40 some employees and, and, and I led there yeah. as well, continue to lead in various ways, but that's, that's how I see it. And, uh, and what I find is, you know, kind of across the board and working with a wide swath of leaders in various roles, they so often don't put themselves high enough on the priority list. They are in terms of health and wellness and fitness. Yes, instead of health and wellness, right? Um, they're incredibly driven toward the organization's goals. They're incredibly driven toward others and uh, serving others and um, serving the organization. And they will unfortunately, you know, uh, not put themselves high enough on the list. And the thing is, is that some people say, "Look, you know, as the leader of my organization, I've got." Uh, a lot to do. There's only so many hours in a day. I, I, whatever the case may be, I can't put myself number one. Well, it, you know, I've been coaching for 30 years. I've been online for 23 years. I haven't met anyone who's been successful at the fitness weight management game, unless you're, you know, an, Olymp an Olympian and you have to do it for a full-time job, whoever puts it in the number one spot. So, you know, what, to me, what I've found typically goes in the number one spot is earning a living. You know, mm -hmm. it's putting, sure. putting food on the table. Um, sure. whatever, whatever that takes. And people will go to unbelievable lengths, no matter what it takes, no sleep, whatever it takes to make that yeah. happen. And then the second thing that typically in the hierarchy is whatever it takes to serve those who depend on you. And then at best fitness comes in that third spot. And so, but what happens is for a lot of leaders is they, again, not putting themselves high enough in this regard on the list. They don't put it in the third spot. It's in the fifth, eighth, 20th spot, whatever yeah. it is. Wow. And their health and fitness suffers while they're accomplishing, you know, these other goals. So that's, that's kind of my thinking on, on how it typically works. And what I find with leaders is that they're, oh, they're incredibly driven, incredibly smart, incredibly uh, compassionate, typically toward um, the, the others that they're working with and, and the, the goals that they're wanting to accomplish. But through all of that busyness, they lose sight of their own. Yeah, health their health is declining, basically. Their health is declining. Their health and wellness is declining. You, you know, and I think, and again, I look back over 26 years on active duty and now 12 years in the private sector. What, what's my energy level when I was 20, 30, 40, 50? What's my mental clarity when I was 20, 30, 40, 50? And just to kind of help reinforce what you're saying, leaders often put themselves second, third, fourth, you know, in a variety of categories. But when it comes to health and wellness, you have to put yourself first because the more you take care of yourself in that regard, the better leader you're going to be, the more you can take care of other people. And it's simple. It's science. It's not a mystery. No. And, and just like three years ago, things were getting foggy for me. And, you know, I built my business and built a career in, in the military and now in the private sector. And three years ago, I was sitting here looking at my computer screen going, man, if I had to do all this all over again, I couldn't. I didn't yeah. have the mental clarity and I didn't have the physical energy. And I was like, I've got to do something about that. And thankfully, as a veteran, I was able to use some of the veteran programming that was, for me, it was life-changing, absolutely life-changing. But it was the focus on health and wellness 
it was a refocus, really. It was prioritizing it appropriately. So, so again, I, I didn't mean to interrupt you there, no. but, but that's what you're seeing. Leaders put health and wellness third or fifth or eighth or 20th. Yes. And they've got all this. So often what I find is early, early on in my career, I'll just say early on, one of the first surprises I had when I was very young in this field is when I had my first MD, my first physician come on as a client of mine. Well, I was wow. you know, a health coach at the time, very early in my career. And I'm thinking to myself, why are you here? You went to medical school. What you know about the body is amazing. Why are you here? And, and what I realized, and it transfers over to people are people. Now, we're not all the exact same, and I get that. But people are people in the sense that um, we're all human. We all have emotion. We all have you know, kind of uh, the variety of needs from the hierarchy and the pyramid, the whole thing, whatever. What I find with leaders is that they have great intelligence. They're driven. And they want and need incredible energy, but a lot of them, just like you said, are suffering in the energy department and they don't know what's going on. And uh, it's so incredibly powerful when it comes to, especially ultra processed foods, what we're putting in our body and, um, and what we're doing to our bodies by either by not moving enough, okay? And by what we're putting in our bodies that is lowering energy, lowering cognitive function, increasing depression, increasing dementia. And, mm -hmm. and the other thing too, is that I can speak for myself that, oh gosh, what's it been 15 years ago or so I was, you know, you think about it, in the nineties, it was low fat. Okay. Low fat. We got to do low fat. As long as it's low fat, you're good to go. Go to right. Subway, go to Subway, get a chicken, get the bake lays. All right. Yeah, low fat, yeah. you know, yeah. and, and I can go no sugar. I can get a diet pop, you know, or whatever soda, whatever, you know, I can get a diet pop, bake lays and a, and a breaded, you know, whatever thing. Okay. On whatever their flubber with chicken, <laughs> chicken in quotes. Yeah. With their chicken. Right. And then, you know, all this. All right. So you get all that. And here's the thing. And this, this happened to me. And this is one of the reasons that I'm so passionate as you can hear about what we put in our bodies and what it does is because I got depressed. My wife at the time asked me, she said, she goes, why are you depressed? And I wasn't at the clinical level, maybe, and maybe I just didn't go, you know, but yeah. I was low. And I was like, my wife said, why are you depressed? And I said, I don't know. I, beautiful wife, home, nice, beautiful kids, amazing kids, life good, business good, finances good. All the things that you go, you got it. And I was like, I know. And I am low. I'm just low. Why am I low? And it wasn't until I figured out for myself that the industrial additives, chemicals that are blah, 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 in the ultra processed foods, I'm sensitive to those, but I'm not alone. You know, most of us are sensitive to some degree. Again, we're all human. We all have some levels where we, we will have similarities, but it's not all the same. But for me, I was highly sensitive to it, I'll say. And when I got rid of that 90%, never hundred percent, you're not, you know, mm -hmm. but when right. I got rid of it, 90%, all of a sudden the clouds parted, there was a blue sky up there. And I went, get this. I went, you gotta be kidding. And I went, you know what? It must've been that I just, I had a good business deal. I'm probably just in a good mood. Wife was nicer to me today. I had a good <laughs> business deal, whatever. I'm probably just in a good mood. It can't be, it can't be that I got rid of the low fat process stuff. It can't be. And I went, all right, I'm going to do a little test. I'm going to go back to the low fat process stuff. Three to five days into that. Uh, yeah. 
Yeah. I'm like Eeyore, you know, I'm, you know, I'm like, yeah. Oh, is a black cloud hanging over my head? You know? Yeah. And I'm like, you, then I went, I said again, I go, you got it. That's a, that's a, a cartoon from back in the eighties uh, folks. For those of you who, uh, it's right. who are a little that's bit younger, listening to this cast. <laughs> Bob and I, I don't, I won't ask birthday. I know you won't ask mine, but since we are exactly the same age in year, um, we, we both know what that is, but anyway, yeah. with Eeyore and the black cloud, I had that over me again. I went back. I said, you got to be kidding me. I'm going back to unprocessed whole real food. Three to five days later, clouds parted. Anyway, I'm just saying, and it isn't just me. It's not just old Davis sensitive. It's not just whoever. Yeah. There's now a lot of good research coming out more and more and more. That Can you just mention food- a couple of the foods that you turned off and, and had the positive result, turned them back on, had the negative result, and then shut them off permanently? Yeah. So what I'll do is I'll just kind of put it in a class and I'll just say ultra processed whatever. I mean, breads, um, uh-huh. pastas, whatever, cereals. Okay, whatever, Um, whatever it was. Oh, and I even tried to play a game. I even tried to play a game. This is something I tried. I was like, I was resistant to it. I was like, this can't be. I'm like, I've heard of it. I know about it. But you remember in the 90s, it was just coming in. The research on ultra processed food was just coming in. Now the research is just mounting massively on its impact on cognitive function and depression and anxiety and all the things that we that we know it does. It's not just old Dave Greenwald. But what happened was I tried to play a game. I thought, well, you know what? Hey, gluten's all the rage. Maybe I need to go gluten-free. But what I did was I stayed ultra-processed, gluten-free. So I was ultra-processed, but I was gluten-free. And what I realized, that did nothing for me. All right, okay. so it's not, the, okay. it's not the gluten. Got rid of the gluten, stayed ultra-processed. It was only, I was like, I don't know which chemical it is, but I'm not going to try and figure it out. There are thousands of chemicals ultimately yeah. in the stuff. So quit trying to figure it out. <laughs> and go to real food. And every time I went to real food, brain cleared up, energy cleared up. I'm like I am today. I'm good. I, 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 feel, I feel wonderful. And, what, what does uh, ultra processed mean? What, what, how can I walk down the, the aisle at a grocery store and say, nope, that's ultra processed. Oh, yes. that's good. That, that's not, that is, that's not. It's a, great, it's a great question. So what I like to do is just kind of flip it. And I like to say, what's real food? And everything else will basically be processed or ultra processed. Okay. okay? So if we kind of look at real food um, is whole or minimally processed food, okay? Minimally processed, like something like oats, they can be ground. That's not all, you know, it's taken out, it's been ground and that's it. Nothing's been added to it. Okay. Right? Uh-huh. So something like that, you know, it's not like nothing can be processed at all, but okay. it's whole or minimally processed food that only contains ingredients commonly found in kitchens. Okay. So if you were, if you were to ask, well, give me a specific list of the ingredients I need to stay away from. I don't, I'm not doing it. Okay. There are thousands in the, in the store packaged foods that are out there. There are thousands. I'm not going to run down the list. I'll, I'll say the real food definition again, whole or minimally processed food that only contains ingredients commonly found in kitchens. So after it's been removed from nature, you know, the edible part of, of, of plant and animal that's been removed uh-huh. from nature. It's either whole as is, or it's been minimally processed and it only contains ingredients commonly found in kitchens. So if that's the case, then it's real food. Anything else is at least processed and probably in our world today, probably ultra processed. So go through any fast food restaurant. I mean, and if you look at the list, it's probably going to not fit real food. I mean, I mean the five might- guys, the five guys, double cheeseburger doesn't, doesn't cut it. <laughs> Just barely outside the margin. 
just barely outside the margin, Robert. Yeah. So and, and when, I, when I come at it that way, because the reason I do it that way is there's so much stuff out there that says, don't eat it if it's got more than five ingredients. Hell, I don't care if it's got 50 ingredients. They all need to be things commonly found in kitchens. Okay. Okay. But don't eat it if you can't pronounce it. I don't know your vocabulary. <laughs> you know, a lot of people. That's a good one. I, don't, I like that. You know, a lot of people, and I don't blame them, they can't pronounce quinoa. But quinoa is, you know, a good grain. So, I mean, yeah, it's like, okay. I, I don't know if you can pronounce it. So, I don't use that as a measure. It's, okay. it's not number of ingredients. It's not whether you can pronounce it. It's the whole or minimally processed foods that only have ingredients commonly found in kitchens. So, that's the base. Okay, folks, we are going to uh, take a quick break for capitalism. We're rolling right along here with... Coach David Greenwald, Coach Dave, fascinating discussion. We're talking about health and wellness as, as it applies to leadership. And if you are in a leadership position, anybody in any leadership capacity, health, your personal health and wellness should absolutely be your number one priority. We will be right back. Quick pause for capitalism. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. And we are back. We're talking with David Greenwald, Coach David. We're talking about health and wellness, how to live a long and energetic life. Uh, we just wrapped up a discussion on having foods that are foods that are more natural, less processed, and uh, fascinating, fascinating discussion. David has worked with, uh, as he said earlier, Fortune 500 companies. He's worked with Academy Award winners. And people who lead organizations from 10 people to 10,000 people. So fascinating. Who are some of your oldest clients? What is the age of some of your oldest clients? Interesting. Um, I've got clients right now in their mid 80s. And like highly energetic, highly alert, highly focused, or these yep. are the, okay. Yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, they're uh, starting this in my early 30s. You know, you think about how, what you thought, how, you're, how you thought about life and people and things in your early 30s compared to now, since you and I are, you know, exact same year, year anyway in age, I think differently. And one of the things that's surprised me a long time ago, it's not a new surprise, but it surprised me a long time ago is how much people still care. I used to think my grandparents, I don't know, what, what do my grandparents care about fitness? I didn't think about what they thought about fitness or health and all that stuff. And I love it. I love that there's a, there's a huge number of people that are like, oh, I want to feel the best I can every single step of the way until I take my last breath. And I don't care if I'm 80 when it happens or if I'm 90 or 100 or whatever I am, but I want to feel and be, I want to be able to go, be, do everything exactly. I want to be yep. for as long as I'm here. And so I, I look at it. So I'm like, I'm just always excited about it. No, um, a typical person in their 70s or 80s that comes to me typically is just wanting to just tune things up. You know, they're just um, they've been uh, living a lot of life. They've got a lot of life experience, which, yeah. which is which is great. But they still struggle in in a lot of these same areas that um, so many do. And so, again, the prescription has a framework. And then we tweak it based on, you know, their goals and where they're at, what they want to do. But, you know, so, you know, it's, you know, a 30 year old comes to me and says, you know, I want to be in special forces or whatever. 
okay, and they're physically capable and able and all that kind of stuff, we're going to have a very, very different exercise regimen going on for them compared to that 80-year-old. So there's all these, these, uh, these differences that we're going to bring into play and make them appropriate for whoever it is. But I, you know, um, I'm no longer surprised. I love it. And I'm always excited when I get an opportunity. You know what? I'm, I'm excited at any age, but I'm like, I would say that I get especially excited when a 20-year-old comes in who is not in good shape. And you go, oh my gosh, if we solve this now. Uh-huh. You are going to be so far ahead of so many people, decades yeah. ahead. So we get, yeah. if we can do that, oh my, I'm like, oh my gosh, because I, I have so many people that are in their 40s, 50s, 60s, and so forth that, you know, and so that's, that's the thing. But also I feel that way about the 80 year old because I'm like, that's awesome. You're, you've made it this far and you want to feel and be and do better. You're still not not just satisfied to just go into, uh, you know, the sunset. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. To accept lesser performance or to accept, uh, pain, you know, pain is a factor with me, uh, given what I did for, for my military uh, career and I've had some surgeries. So stuff I'm always dealing with, but it's stuff I'm always trying to, I'm not just trying to deal with it. I'm trying to eliminate it, or I'm trying to, you know, reduce the pain through, through exercise and through uh, natural methods, diet, exercise, et cetera, and, and experimentation, right? And, and that's the other thing, I think, in terms of leadership and in terms of, you know, the, the, the overall uh, nature of our discussion is everybody is different and you, you opened with that, basically. And we have to experiment. Um, I have to experiment. Does this different food group work for me? And I, I, I hesitate to use the word diet, but diet doesn't mean, you know, the weight loss plan diet means what am I putting in my body? Does this particular diet work for me? Does the fast work for me? What do you think about the 12 hour fast, the 18 hour fast, et cetera? Yeah. Intermittent fasting, um, time restricted feeding, that kind of stuff. Um, I think that as more research comes out, what they're finding is that it's a viable option for certain individuals, as far as it being perhaps perhaps as effective and in certain people, maybe more effective at, at weight loss, but it's definitely not anything uh, universal across the board as far as it being better. Um, there was a lot of, of information early on as stuff is when it's early on that came out that said it was going to make uh, for sure longevity and cellular differences and autophagy di- differences and all these kinds of things. And it, one of the things that drives me nuts, Bob, is when people speak commonly in absolutes. For you sure. Know, it's, you know, <laughs> I have a section I, in my book that says we never speak in absolutes. Gosh, okay. I, although I just said we never we speak never in speak absolutes. In, yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> but, you know, it's like, you know, there was a phrase in, in 2020 with all the craziness that we were all going through. I was like, I'm, I'm coining this certainty 2020 because people were like, I am certain of this. Well, uh, time-restricted feeding, intermittent fasting had those people as well, even uh, medically educated uh, individuals that were saying certain things. What they're finding is, Maybe on the longevity, maybe, but let's not get, don't get too crazy with that. And as far as the weight management goes, your mileage may vary. Okay. Use it because one of the things that can happen with it is it does compress the window of when you're going to, if you're going to do like a 16, eight, for example, you would fast for 16 hours and you're given an eight hour window where you can eat. And typically with intermittent fasting or time restricted feeding protocols, it's not, they don't necessarily get into much into what to eat, but it's when. And right. so yeah. on a 16, eight, it might be set up where you would eat only between noon and 8 PM. Okay. And all the rest, you're supposed to be fasting. What I have found in, with my clients in the real world using this is overwhelmingly, 
If there are issues re regarding compulsive overeating, which is very, very common, much more common than people think, if there are lapses, decrements, uh, uh, deficiencies in overall personal growth and emotional fitness that, that just need to be shored up and they're not making you know, good decisions, what I always say is the person finds a way. So in eight hours, you go, well, I've, I can only eat for eight hours. The person finds a way to overeat in eight hours. Yeah, so then, sure. So then what they've done is they went, 16 fast, eight eating. You know what? That didn't work. I still out ate it. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to do a, uh, I'm going to do a 20 and a four. So 20 fasting, four hours of eating. Okay. So now I'm eating, noon to four. <laughs> yeah, but it's not stop. They find a way they brought yeah. it all the way down. You may be aware of this. They brought it down now to OMAD one meal a day. Oh, okay? wow. Yeah. The people, now people are doing it in one hour, 23 fasting, one hour. This isn't as common as the 16-8, but it's out there. And they call it, it's abbreviated OMAD, one meal a day. And what we're finding is they don't have the other things in place. If, they, if we aren't addressing the compulsive yeah. aspects that are affecting yeah. that person and the emotional fitness aspects and the aspects that affect willpower, which is why power, if we're not addressing those components and the level of real food versus ultra processed food, if we're not addressing all of these things, even in one hour, the person finds a way. So I'm not against it. It's a potential tool to give guidelines or margins, so to speak, on when to eat. And if those, let's say, kind of like the old bumper pads at the bowling alley, if those bumper pads that keep the ball, at least in the lane, help, I'm for it. As long, sure. as, as, long as we don't say it's eight hours of whatever. Right. Yeah, you still have to uh, have some discipline and eat healthy and, and avoid those, uh, those ultra processed foods regardless, yeah. bring them down so, some, bring it down a notch. Yeah. 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 So I did the 12, eight for about three months and saw like, uh, saw some, you know, I dropped five or seven pounds. I'd say in the first, maybe three weeks, then things kind of stabilized for a while. And then, and then maybe third month I dropped a few more pounds, but it, it was for me, it was easy about half the time. And it was, a little bit more difficult about half the time. So, right. and then, uh, you know, the next thing I read was 12, just a solid 12 hour fast and then get your heart rate up, uh, while you're in ketosis, uh, first thing in the morning before you eat again. And that's kind of where I'm at right now. But, but again, the point here is it's constant experimentation, right? There's no magic bullet. Uh, everybody's different and, um, and we have to keep on trying. Okay, a fascinating discussion, uh, Coach David, and uh, I can and will discuss this with you a lot more. Um, I want to say real quick to our listeners, if you like this discussion, if you like the energy, if, if what Coach David and I are talking about is useful to you, subscribe to my YouTube channel and tune into all the other episodes and all the other content I have on YouTube uh, and, and the whole point of my podcast and my YouTube and my blog, everything is to bring value to you. And that's because people like Coach David that I speak to, they bring great value to me. So I will make modifications based on the discussion that David and I had here today. And I hope you will too. At the end of the day, we want to be healthy. We want to be energetic. We want to be alert. We want to feel good about ourselves and others you know, what we're talking about in terms of health and wellness, fitness, et cetera. Uh, that's really, that's the key component. I, I think without that, you're limited in your, in your longevity. So uh, David, what haven't I asked you? What else can we share with the listeners? I think that it's important that people know if they are struggling with 
either the mental side of things, the energy side of things, or and or some weight-related side of things, which I say that because, again, leaders being people and society being 70% overweight, 43% obese, I can't say specifically, and no one can, you know. Is that what, America? Is that is that's that America. America? That's United okay. States. Yeah. Uh-huh. 70% overweight, 43% obese, up from 15% obesity in 1970, that as a whole, your listeners wow. are likely, even though they are higher level leaders, thinking, you know, functioning, this kind of thing, if they need to be, or they want to be, they're probably maybe not at those levels, because that's, that's just the broad brush across the United States. There's, they're probably going to be less, there's probably going to be some, some issues there. With that being said, I want to let anyone listening know that this isn't your fault. The messaging that's been put out for 50 years has been incomplete. The messaging has been inaccurate. And I don't look at it as this, there's a malevolence here. I don't look at it as like, you know, you are purposely being harmed and there's a conspiracy theory. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying that overall, the messaging has been ineffective. Eat less and exercise more. Take personal responsibility. That's all there is to it. Come on. The research is, is, is out. It's strong. It's growing of the incredible negative impact, the compulsive nature of ultra-processed foods and its impact on people to be able to be a consumer rather than a user. And what's happening is ultra-processed foods are creating users, which has to be treated differently um, and yeah. thought of differently than a regular consumer who just, yeah, you make the decision, you don't make the decision. I want this, yeah. I don't want this. Yeah, well, they're marketing heavily. I mean, you know, the Doritos in the Super Bowl commercial, right? I mean, yes. they are marketing. That's what people are up against. You know, people who want to do the right thing, they're up against right. uh, these levels of marketing that are just scientifically designed to get them to go to the drive through Absolutely. It's, we live in an incredibly obesogenic environment and it is, and, and, that, and that is true. And so the, we, it's important that, again, you know, it's not your fault, but it's important that you get the right information, however you get it, but it's important that you, you get the right information so that you can address the factors that really drive willpower. Because a lot of people say, you know, the, the problem is that I feel like in this area, I just don't have enough willpower. And that's not true. You may not have enough why power, Okay, because uh-huh. why power drives the willpower. Yeah. So that's a factor to consider the ultra processed, all the aspects of ultra processed food and what it does on compulsive eating, potential food addiction issues is very important. And then the emotional fitness, <laughs> the emotional fitness leg of the stool and personal growth is always important. And we've got to have all of those things. Why power? All of the aspects related to the proliferation of ultra processed food, compulsive eating and emotional fitness it may sound like it's overwhelming. It's not when it's delivered. And again, in that I'm a systems, you know, I'm a systems guy. I'm a, a step-by-step, you know, kind of let's meet each person where they are and take them step-by-step step to get them into this. You can win this. And I want people to know that you can get better mental clarity, which is incredibly important. Oh, one of the things you asked. Yeah. Oh gosh. One of the things that, that I just thought of, because you asked, is there something else for leaders for anybody, but for leaders, especially one of the things that's going to be have the most impactful where you're going to make the most impactful difference on the influence of others in that positive ethical way is relationships. And if you're a grouchy, grumpy son of a gun, and you're like, I don't want to be this way. I don't know why I'm this way. I don't, you know, I, you know, it is what it is. It could be all the factors that we've been talking about today. For sure. You, it probably that, is that you can control. And I always say, yeah. You may need to go to a physician. You may need to go to a psychologist. You may need to go to a psychiatrist. You may need to go and get help. 
but don't handicap them by continuing to consume. Remember, I talked about my own depression and it, how it cleared up so amazingly, um, in my case, without any drugs, not that I probably shouldn't have been on some, but I didn't do it, but I, 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 I got to the point where um, by the appropriate, for me, removal of the ultra processed, it was able to clear up uh, the mental side of things. But those relationships, personal relationships, the professional relationships, um, mood, temperament, um, patience, all of those things are gonna come in and be a huge factor on leadership. Um, how you feel about yourself, it, it, all, it all matters. Um, the confidence that you have when you walk into a room, um, all of those things matter. And all of those things, as, as Bob said, are evidence-based, proven, factually controllable. And the thing I like about it is controllable within your abilities. And you can just, you can have that, I don't know, you can just have that super positive impact. This is not a hopeless cause. I don't care if you are our age or 20 years older than us listening to this, whatever your past has been, your future does not have to be that, whatever, sure. whatever it is. And even if you've eaten junk and maybe haven't been that big on exercise, on, on regularity of cardio and strength training and so forth, that doesn't mean that you can't when you see how it can be done and how it can fit into you know, a, a, the crazy busy lifestyle uh, that you probably have. So I'm, I'm very hopeful because the same old messaging has to end. And it, in, in my world, it, it has ended. And I make sure people go, make sure people know what's really going on, what they're really facing. Who is your real opponent here? What are yeah, right, the real opponents right. here? You know, it's who you. is your real, <laughs> yeah, your real yeah, you're foe. up against yourself. You're yeah, up what against are, you yourself, know, what, who's going to win? <laughs> right. What are we really up against? And then what tools do we really have control over so that we can positively impact those things. So I, that was a lot. <laughs> that no, was no, a lot. that's cool. That's, that hey, you know, yeah, I ask every guest, you know, what haven't I asked you? What, what else is there to share? And it always turns into another 10 or 15 minutes, <laughs> which is awesome. No problem at all. Because I, I, uh, I'm checking my notes here and I thought of something I forgot to ask you about alcohol. Is one of those, you know, it's, uh, I don't know if alcohol, alcohol falls under ultra processed or not. But generally speaking, what's your take on alcohol consumption? I mean, don't overconsume. I get that, but right. But how does that? How how does the consumption of alcohol fit into a daily regime of healthy eating and drinking? Again, it's it's an area where research continues to uh, expand, and the latest research isn't positive on. I'm going to say any amount of alcohol. Now, as a health coach working with clients in the real world, everyday living, that kind of thing. I look at the research and I say, wow, that was powerful. And it was a big study. And then there was another study and another study and another study. And what they've come down to is even it used to be one is healthy. And even if it's wine, it's even better because of the polyphenols. And right. And now right. they're kind of like, no. And so, but that's that where I'm at with it is as far as everyday living is going to be just more along the lines of what you said, you know, that one or two a day and not overindulging is going to be important. It's seven calories a gram and there's zero nutritional quality for the most part in it. Okay. Um, okay. And so it's not, it's not going to benefit. The best it could do is be neutral if it's in low quantities or okay. low amounts. And yeah. it can be harmful um, if, if to excess. But, um, sure. but I don't, it, I look at it too. If I've got a Churchill quote, I think goes something like, <laughs> no matter how beautiful the strategy, we should occasionally look at the results. 
you know? yeah. and, and so I'm like, you know, that's I can another, have that's whole, another episode Churchill quotes. <laughs> right. I'm like, I can have, I can have this beautiful strategy and the client can basically be following. I can say, we can look and go, how's it working? Right. They go, well, as much as I promise myself that I'm only going to have one or two, I typically will have three, four, five, a couple days a week. And when I do that, my inhibition lowers. So it's not even necessarily, I mean, the alcohol itself has its effects, but then what happens when inhibition gets lowered? What happens if decision-making is impacted? Yeah, yeah. And then right. we go to the finger food and the this and the that and the whatever. Yeah, um, yeah. It can happen. So if someone is doing it and they're doing it um, in as reasonably healthy a way as they can with the results that we both want, you know what? Life's short. Yeah, you know, yeah. We, we, we've got a, we, we've got, we're only here for, for a time and it's not a, just to eat, drink and be merry and whatever, you know, it's not that, but if that's what someone, you know, enjoys and yeah. it's working and they've got the other, everything from biomarkers, like we talked about at the top, right? Yeah. Everything yeah. from biomarkers to the other fitness elements and they're happy with where they are in life and how they're feeling mentally and all these kinds of things. Far be it for me to say, don't do it. That's not how yeah. I Okay. Okay. Yeah. If it fits in and contributes to a healthy lifestyle or doesn't, you know, adversely, uh, right. Yeah. Adversely affect a, a healthy lifestyle. Yeah, exactly. Um, Coach David, how can people get a hold of you? I mentioned the TikTok, uh, yeah. but what's the best way for people to get a hold of you and learn more about the awesome work that you do and the passion that you put into it and the dedication that you have with your clients? Absolutely. 23 years ago, when I, when I wrote the book and, and created the online program, had I known I was going to stick with leanness lifestyle as a name, I might have reconsidered it because two N's and two S's. So as far as the easiest way to get a hold of me, it's the website and it's just going to be lluniversity.com. And that's got all the links to the other social things. um, It's got got to contact us and that kind of thing. So if someone wants to reach out and ask a question or something, that's, they can do it there, but that's the best place to do, to go. Lluniversity.com. Lima Lima, like you said. (laughs) Yeah. Lima Lima, Lima Lima University. Dot com. What a fascinating discussion. And um, I, I reserve the right to have you back at some point. Thank you, uh, because again, uh, you're, you're feeding me. Uh, and if I'm being fed, I know that my listeners are being fed. And, and this is what, uh, what leadership is all about. And, and you know, if you want to live a very fulfilling life, then health and wellness has to be front and center for anybody. David Greenwald, thank you so much for coming on the Elevate Your Leadership podcast. Thanks for having me, sir. It's been a pleasure and an honor. Thank you for listening to the Elevate Your Leadership podcast. To contact me directly or to learn more about how I can advance you and your organization through leadership training, team building, executive coaching, and public speaking, visit robertpizzini.com. That's robertpizzini.com.